You are listening to Red Hawk Media from the School of the Arts at Indiana University Northwest. The following program is a production of Lumpen Radio, WLPN LP Chicago, 105.5 FM. More information at lumpenradio.com. Good afternoon. You're tuned into Sunday Record Club on WLPN LP Chicago, 105.5 FM, Lumpen Radio. I'm your host, Kevin Shaw, DJ K. Shaw. It's been a minute, hasn't it? The last show was back in May, to be precise. And you know what? I just needed a mental break. It's been a wild year for everyone, and I'm grateful for everyone's support. I'm back on the decks, gigging, playing out. It's been a ride. I'm starting things off with a deep house set, gathering tracks from all across the world. New York, Detroit, London, Paris. Plenty of goodies. Coming up after is a local guest DJ and colleague in the nightlife circuit. Stay locked. This is Sunday Record Club. Yeah. 
to Sunday Record Club on 105.5 FM WLPN LP Chicago Lumpen Radio. My guest this month is Martinez, an industry colleague and burgeoning DJ. Having met at Celeste many years ago, he's been a consistent peer and supporter to the nightlife and tech house music scene here in Chicago. Dubbed the Man in Black, during his time working at Celeste, he started a weekly series called Wednesday House Sessions. And having just wrapped a set at Electric Hotel, Martinez sits down between the beats to answer a few questions. In keeping with a socially distanced studio session, questions and answers are recorded separately. Martinez, thanks so much for sending your answers here. Tell us a little bit about yourself. How did you get into music, DJing, and what's your approach or style? Music was always kind of um, a passion project for myself uh, in a way that, you know, when I was when I was younger in high school, I would kind of dream of playing a set, like something as corny as like Tomorrowland in front of a big crowd and just kind of getting everybody everybody's energy on the same level as mine whenever i would hear a specific selection or just in general you know when when, when you're surrounded by that many people it's it's tough not to enjoy yourself and have a great time so um when especially i started working in the nightlife industry in chicago i was fortunate enough to surround myself with amazing people and i've met a lot of great acquaintances and friends that i've made throughout the years um, that were, whether, whether they were DJs or producers or some sort of different art forms, you know, painters and such. Um, and so me coming from a culture that, although appreciates art, does not necessarily, um, have such fluidity and encouragement for arts, uh, or at least when I was living there, um, it was, it was kind of self-taught. Um, and at the end of the day, it ended up being a passion project for myself after a Vegas trip with some of my colleague, colleagues um, back back in uh, 2016 or 2017, I believe. And so when we essentially hijacked a sports bar for $20 and the DJ ended up playing just an absolute smasher of a tech house set, I figured, why can't I just do that in Chicago, you know, for a city of, of such stature that cultivated in a way the genre of house music alongside Detroit, um, I felt like we were kind of a little bit under the radar in terms of uh, noticeability and just kind of upbringing of new artists and support. 
Um, so at the end of the day, when I got back to Chicago after that trip, we um, in this sh immediately almost started doing House Wednesdays, which um, I believe you were a part of once or twice before, and uh, you were definitely an avid fan and, and, and great supporter of, of the program. Um, and the idea behind it was to ideally give a space for all sorts of DJs that might not be as well established as others and have them play at a central location where everybody can bring their friends and experience different sounds because I think one of the more important things in, in playing music and especially house, it's it's finding a crowd that is an active listening crowd rather than just passive listening crowd that, that, that appreciate what you put into it. And so I think it's a great motivator as a DJ to... Um, have that support and know that you, the room reads your energy rather than you reading the room's energy, you know, um, which in itself is another skill set that I would want to learn one day. But for the time being, I kind of create my sets to be curated and I, I, I spend weeks preparing selections, selections that may not be otherwise heard very frequently by people that don't necessarily spend a lot of time and in, in researching different labels and trying to explore different sounds. Um, so in, in that sense, my approach to DJing has always been to challenge myself, but also challenge the crowd to experience different sounds. And uh, I think one of the most rewarding things has always been having just having a friend or an ex-colleague that would come up, you know, completely unaware of what house music is or just not particularly interested because you know when you when you hear to the generic stuff that's played um whether it's on a radio or whatnot sometimes it seems like it's a little bit too out of your style or just maybe personality you know in terms of the vibes and the grooves and i think once you are in a room at a place sort of a sanctuary if you will where you can experience these different subgenres and see the similarities between you know, say you listen to rock music or, or maybe R&B and then how, for example, Disco House or whatnot might have those similarities or somebody like a pioneer as, as Prodigy, you know, where they just almost en encompassed three or four different genres and created their own. I think that that in itself is, is an achievement. And at the same time, what it does is just it just blows up people's minds and lets them explore and maybe find themselves in a way that, that, that I did, you know, with music where I, I, my palette is all over the place. And, um, if not for house music or just my friends that I was surrounded with, I would have never explored great events that I've been fortunate enough to attend or just, uh, DJs that have completely blown my mind and in a way changed my life as well. It's amazing to hear how Detroit was kind of the birthplace in your mind in terms of approaching dance music and to bring that here, uh, the concept that you started. I remember fondly what that was like. You know, the very early days of, of Celeste in some ways too, you and some of the early staff were very much the linchpins over at Celeste. So I do appreciate the kind of energy and uh, intention you and the team have brought into existence here at Celeste. In some ways, we've been the rock that pushes against some of the more commercial trends of River North. So I see the change over the years, and I'm happy to see it's, it getting better and better. And the fact that you put weeks into preparation for a set already says a lot. 
excited to see where you go from here. So tell me, who or what are your biggest musical heroes or influences? I don't get asked this question very often, but when I saw your prompt, I definitely was, I definitely took some time to think about it. And I think in terms of my musical heroes and influences, it's it's a very broad range. You know, earlier I mentioned Prodigy being kind of a pioneer, and I sort of almost grew up, you know, in a, listening to Prodigy and not understanding exactly what it is up until I was a little bit older. I think what they did was extraordinary in its own way and it's it's going to be maybe years if not ever that somebody's going to be able to do something what they like like what they did but my style always tends to subliminally gravitate towards more dark tones and undertones you know obviously in a world that we live in sometimes you want to more of a pick me up and I do have those guilty pleasures as well but at the end of the day I think what speaks to my style and my persona and my appreciation is those dark, dubby, techy undertones. I think the, the the one band that's probably the most responsible for that is Depeche Mode, ironically. My mom used to be obsessed with that band and still is to this day. And once once I started appreciating what they did and listen listened to their music more avidly, I definitely undertook their style in terms of my dressing and my closet is literally just pitch black at this point, um, but at the same time, just kind of the the tones that they set is what really spoke to me, and I think that's what defined me in my adulthood to portray that in various avenues, whether it was artistic or not. Last but not least, definitely one of my biggest heroes is my best friend Darshan, who happens to be my partner in the events that we're trying to curate with minimal music. You know, the guy's been, he's been doing this for 15 plus years and the taste and the skill set that he's acquired just by self, like he's self-taught, he's self you know. So in a way, I think he should be almost like a headliner in festivals, but yet here he is dealing with a 26-year-old kid who's just barely scraped the surface of uh, what it is to be a DJ. Wow, your early influences there, Prodigy and Depeche Mode explains everything in the best of ways thanks for sharing i know uh, it feels like you know you're just starting out in some ways but also it's it's the beginning of a beautiful long journey and you know i think you're someone that cares about the community i know i've seen you out you know at some of my sets and honestly that lights up my evenings you know i think that's part of it too you know showing up for other people's things supporting the ways that we can so I, I also, you know, shout out to Darshan as well. I've met him a few times and, uh, you know, it's great to have that kind of partner in the, in the trenches with you. So I'm excited to see what you guys have coming up next. So speaking of which, uh, what upcoming projects do you guys have going on? Tell me a little bit about what you're working on next. Obviously, you know, the last years have been a little bit of a stalemate for everybody. And um, some of the projects got pushed back and some projects just I've kind of grown out of. Obviously, the house Wednesdays and uh, my idea for creating almost a sanctuary for all these groups and different subgenres. I've tried that out and unfortunately, um, you know, due to different circumstances, it didn't work out, but that never made me put my head down. And um, myself and Darshan have been talking about creating a project called uh, Dakohosu, uh, which we, uh, we were fortunate enough to start off earlier in the spring of 21. And, um, collected a really, really great uh, set of memories and 
uh, both for ourselves and the people that came out to support us. You know, we essentially just wanted to challenge the crowd to experience these different sounds that normally other people don't play. Um, they're very specific and obviously minimal music is all about the details and so it reflects the way we dress the way we speak it's all in the details right so um, the same way how i met him is how we carried on dakahosu and even ironically the name has so many more details than you know anybody who's from the outside would notice we took essentially our nicknames which we call each other unicorn um you know we clicked right off the bat when we met and it was one of a one of a kind experience you know we don't find a lot of people like that in our lives and uh the fact that we dress all black kind of became uh, an inside joke of us being dark horses and obviously our fascination with uh, medieval japanese culture because um, obviously who doesn't like samurai swords you know <laughs> We kind of came up with the Dakohosu name, which was in its way unique, and we were able to incorporate what we are presenting, both visually and at the same time with our sound, into our name. So, you know, if somebody who's an active listener and does pay attention to those details was to sit down and try to dissect that name, or at least have a conversation with us throughout our event about it, I think it would, you know, just create that much more appreciation for the amount of work that we put into what we do. And hopefully, obviously, because I was a little preoccupied throughout the summer, as everybody is in our industry, I'm hoping to restart that project come 2022 and take it to a larger scale because we do have an amazing support group of our friends and former colleagues. And so we just want to make sure that everybody gets to experience the music that we play the same way that we appreciate it as we select those songs. I love that origin story so much. I had no idea that uh, Dakuhosu actually translates literally to Dark Horse. It makes total sense. Uh, and I, I really appreciate also how you bring in the fashion aspect as well for you too. It truly ties the persona, the identity, the music together and in such a cohesive way. I'm excited to see what you guys do next with this project. To get a little more specific here, as someone who works in Chicago nightlife, uh, what do you what do you think makes for a successful night? What changes have you seen, and what are the things you've noticed night to night when you're managing or working in industry? And lastly, how does the industry side inform the creative side of your life? That's a really great question in terms of uh, nightlife. I think if you were to ask me a, the same question every year, it would change drastically in terms of the answer. You know, nightlife is one of those lucrative businesses that just constantly has to evolve. Because who likes, you know, I, I guess some people like to go to their neighborhood bar and just continuously be complacent with their environment. And there's nothing wrong with that. But at the same time, for a lot of us and you know, with people turning 21 every year and you get kind of a new set of regulars and such that start coming out to places and selecting their favorite spots, which for me personally was always Celeste because, again, it was just such a variety of vibes, you know, between disco and, and house and, and all the stuff that we're now seeing happening over there. You know, it's very cool. So, you know, when, when we talk about what makes a successful night, it's... Obviously, just it has to be a perfect storm of, of an amazing crowd. And, you know, when I mentioned again, the, the active listeners, even if you have passive listening, but you just kind of just find the right vibe, you know, whether it's it's house music or top 40s, you know, once you once you got that crowd going, it's just game over. And I think what really 
makes a night super successful in a way is the fact that, you know, it's not just the crowd and the DJ having fun, but it's also the staff. You know, when everybody gets loose and it just all of a sudden becomes not a work night, not a night out, but just an experience for everybody, I think that's when you just knock it out of the park and you get people talking about, you know, what what club or night it was. And again, fortunately, I've, I've definitely experienced a few of those and I've definitely been able to curate a few of those, some better than others. But at the end of the day, I think that's the most rewarding thing. And in my opinion, that's what makes the most successful night. But obviously, again, since it's a constantly evolving industry, people's tastes change, crowds change, people move out of state, and people just tend to get a little bit older and not go out as frequently. So adaptation to those changes, obviously what makes the most successful venues is the ones that tailor to the broader audience, right? So the top 40s clubs. But I think that what we as Chicago have been able to do so far is is finally start scratching that surface and coming back as that powerhouse of house music, ironically, you know. Um, but the, the, the industry, again, like, if not for the job that I've had at Celeste in specific, I don't think I've ever would have navigated to this creativity side of myself just because I'm very... My, I guess, hobbies align more with cars and watches and things that are a little bit more bespoke. But I think once I started realizing that, you know, music is a language of its own, that's when it changed my perspective. And then I think that entire industry is kind of what shaped me to be the person that I am today. Yeah, thank you so much for that. It's a lot of food for thought. Sometimes it's easy as, you know, the DJ to really be wrapped up in your own world. And as good as that is to play with an ego, sometimes you do have to think outside of yourself, right? Consider the audience, consider now also the staff, the managers, people there. And like you kind of said, if everyone's, you know, experiencing this together, the whole night is elevated in a lot of ways. So I, I do appreciate that take that you, uh, you just provided there. It really is true. What, what you do in this life really shapes and, and creates who you, who you are in some ways. I'm happy to hear that because you've been at Celeste working here, being exposed to nightlife and, and dance culture, you feel a side of yourself kind of being revived or brought to light in some ways. And I think that's a beautiful feedback process as, as we kind of go through this together. So thanks for sharing, Martinez. My next question, simple enough, what are your favorite artists or releases of 2021 so far? In terms of favorite releases in 21 so far, it's kind of tough to say because, like I said, most of the sets that I end up playing, um, I kind of start with just going off on a tangent and listening to music while I drive or just sit at home in, in my uh, impromptu studio. Um, so I do come across a lot of new selections that, you know, some are better than others and some vibes don't really mesh well with whatever I'm trying to curate at the moment. Um, so I don't particularly have a favorite release per se. I think I tend to get nostalgic and dive back into the oldies like Depeche Mode, as mentioned earlier. But at the end of the day, I think that I do have to give props to some of the local Chicago guys that have just been putting out an absolute smasher hits this year. We all had a lot of time in the studios, whether it was your house or actual studio through COVID. So you can tell that a lot of people have been putting in work and it's, it's definitely paying off. 
You are absolutely right. There is no shortage of talent in Chicago. And as you've seen, you know, through all the DJs that have come through and played at Celeste and maybe the other places you've been to, it's definitely a uh, bottomless reserve of talent out here. What are your favorite record stores in Chicago? So I, I will admit that um, I'm a generic millennial and I haven't visited that many gra- uh, record stores, but I do definitely see the passion and, and the fascination with finding that old record whether it's nostalgic or whether it's just something new that you discover. But I think I would be kind of foolish not to mention Gramophone Records, which has been one of the only stores that I've visited. But at the same time, it's a very iconic Chicago venue. Uh, it has a lot of history behind it. And I think a lot of us in this industry slash, you know, the artistic side of it, at least, have a lot of appreciation for the history of that place and just kind of like the significance of it within the house music genre in Chicago. If Gramophone was the only record store you visited, uh, you'd pretty much be set for now. Obviously, there's a lot of great uh, vinyl and record stores out here in Chicago, but to be super specific with you know dance and uh, and electronic music and house music, it really has been the the cultural epicenter for that. But yeah, I mean, it's never too late to get into that. Getting into this music, what is the concept of this mix that you've put together for uh, Sunday Record Club? I will admit that there was no specific concept to this mix that I put together other than just uh, my fascination with darker undertones and and house music and especially minimal, which kind of rubbed off on me the more I kept hanging out with Darshan, seeing that it is his sound of choice. But at the end of the day, you know, I I even joked with you right before I recorded this mix that uh, I I was freaking out a little bit considering that the show has featured more of a funky and... Uh, refreshing kind of a 4 p.m. get after work like enjoy yourself before you know the weekend hits type of vibe but considering that it is October and Halloween's coming up I felt like it was very fitting for me to just showcase what the other spectrum of house music has to offer so with that that's kind of how I just started putting together this mix and normally I don't play the same selections that I've played before, but I felt like some of these have been just total gems that I've come across. And the first half of the set has definitely been some of the selections that I've played at our Dakahosu party. Um, you know, considering that it was one of the questions that you asked me, I felt like it was fitting that I, I place some of the selections from, from those parties to just showcase what we do out there. And then obviously the second half being more recent selections that I just come across while taking that late night drive on Lakeshore Drive um, and enjoying myself. You know, I think once you start playing things that reflect your personality, that's how you can get the crowd moving. And like I said, um, with me, with my sets in particular, I'm very selective and I don't necessarily follow the crowd. I try to get the crowd to follow me. So hopefully you guys enjoyed it. I'm looking forward to coming back again sometime. Thanks for your time today, Martinez. It's been great chatting with you. I appreciate you know you coming through and, and delivering some really well thought out answers. I'm excited to get into this. For the next hour, please enjoy the musical landscape brought by Martinez, delivering a hour mix of deep tech house. This has been Sunday Record Club. I'm your host Kevin Shaw. Enjoy and see you next month.
every kind of filth down here except the kind I like.